0: Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the power of praying people. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. It is the 20th of February, 2023, and today's going to be a subject about the power of praying people. But before I get into that, the Torah portion for this week is Exodus chapter 25, verse 1 to chapter 27, verse 19. The half tour portion is 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 26 to chapter 6, verse 13. And then we have the Brit Hadashah, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. Now, I forgot to tell you that the Torah portion is also called Toruma, which means heave offering. And to learn more about that, you need to read the Torah portion. Now, I wanted to get into the power of uh, praying people because I want to make sure that I have enough time for this. If you noticed, you may or may not have, this particular podcast actually got out a little bit later. Normally, I post and I guess what I, yeah, I I post it. I I do it a previous day before it actually is posted. So typically I'll do this on a Sunday night and then I'll post it really early Monday morning, like one in the morning, Monday morning. And today actually is Monday. So I did not pre-record this. Yesterday, I really was in a funk and I don't know why. I feel like I was really just Feeling really depressed. In fact, it got to the point where even last night before we went to bed, I said, "You know, I didn't do my podcast." And my husband was like, "Really?" It's like, "Yeah, I'm just feeling really, really depressed." And he's like, "Why?" I'm like, "I have no idea." And in moments like that, because a lot of times for people who struggle with anxiety or depression, it's usually situationally based or environmentally based. However, when there are times like this and circumstances like like I had yesterday, I know it's a spiritual thing. There's a spiritual battle going on, and Pretty clearly, Hasatan did not really want me to do a podcast. That's really what I'm, it comes down to. There was a battle over my mind and my spirit, and I just was not where I needed to be. And so when all else fails, right, pray. In the good times, pray. In the bad times, pray. Pray without ceasing. There's a reason that they, you know, the words tells us to do that. And you know how I am on this podcast. I try to be as open and honest as possible. Obviously I can't tell you every single little detail of my life just for safety's sake and and other reasons as well. But when it comes to this kind of thing, I want to make sure that I am open and honest because I know that all of us struggle at one point or another in our lives. And for whatever reason, yesterday was one of those days. It really, there wasn't anything bad going on in my life. I'd had a really good day with my family I was able to rest and relax because Saturday is a really busy day where we're able to glorify the Lord and be with like-minded believers. But it's also good to have another day where because we're in charge of the congregation, we don't have all of those responsibilities. So yeah, it was a really good day. I even worked out with my husband, which was a good experience. So that was, that was nice, but it goes back to the power of praying people. You know, my husband could have been like, babe, I'm really tired. I don't really feel like praying, which would have made me feel absolutely horrible. So I do thank you, honey, for praying for me. But for those of you who are living under a rock even more than I am, because I don't listen to the news, there has been a what people are calling a revival at Asbury University. And I'd kind of be remiss in not mentioning it because it really has to do with today's message that I'm speaking to you about. And it's really funny because I'm like, you know what, Lord, all things work out for your glory because I get these little things in my mail and every single day from something called Devotions uh, Devotionals Daily. And I'm going to be honest, I probably look at one of them a week. And the same is true for something else that's really quite good. It's the only news I really look at which is called The Worthy Brief and that's by um, a friend of ours, George and Bot Rifka. and if you don't know, Bot Rifka is actually a pretty well-known messianic singer in the messianic movement. Her husband George posts this uh, newsletter every single day called The Worthy Brief. I think he might take the weekends off, but Other than that, there's one every single day and and both of them are really good. But today the devotionals daily was actually called how to experience perpetual personal revival, which I promise will all tie in. And it's actually, it's by Robert J. Morgan and I'm going to read portions of it, you know, twerk a a few of the words, but uh, I will tell you, you know, to remind you, this is not me who wrote this. This is Robert J. Morgan. I have not actually been to the nine 11 Memorial, and I'm not 48 years old. In fact, I still had like 10 more years to go before I get there. So without further ado, on a recent visit to New York City, I paused at the 9-11 Memorial, which is at the end of Fulton Street. Then I began walking down Fulton Street itself, which runs crosswise across lower Manhattan. I was looking for a monument, memorial, or historical plaque to indicate how that street changed American history long before the events of September 11, 2001. I didn't find a monument there. And the thousands of people going back and forth on the sidewalks don't have a clue. But I do know the story. In the middle of the 1800s, a tailor named Jeremiah Lamphere moved to Manhattan and established a clothing business. He was a Christian and a sidewalk evangelist in the Wall Street District. On Wednesday, September 23rd, 1857, he invited people to drop by for a prayer at a room on Fulton Street during their lunch hour. Six people showed up. The next week, 20 came. The next week, 40. Soon, churches all across New York overflowed with daily prayer meetings. Fire departments and and police stations opened their facilities for prayer, and local businesses set aside rooms for employees to pray. The movement swept over the eastern seaboard and pushed westward westward into the nation. Citywide awakening struck Cincinnati, Louisville, Cleveland, Detroit, Indianapolis, St. Louis, and innumerable innumerable smaller cities and towns. From the United States, the revival spread to Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and England. For two years, approximately 50,000 people a week came to Christ. Within a year of the start of the Fulton Street prayer meetings, over a million converts joined America's churches, and thousands of existing church members were born again or revived in their faith. The world needs another such awakening, and I pray every day for a revival to sweep our country. Our problems are not primarily political, but spiritual. And the answers we need are not primarily political. We need another national and global revival. Whether God unleashes a great geographical revival or not, I'm convinced you and I can enjoy perpetual personal revival. Psalm 23.3 says, He refreshes my soul. Yeshua said, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from with them. John Chapter 7, verse 38. When we experience personal, perpetual revival, our faith is revived, our love is stronger, our faces are more joyful, our enthusiasm is more contagious, and our individual ministries are empowered. How, then, can we experience revival when everyone else is simply struggling for survival? One, pull all the ingredients of your life into the circle of the Lordship of Yeshua HaMashiach. This takes a determined decision, which is renewable daily. You can do this instantly, or you may want a bit of time to ponder its implications. God isn't likely to bless what isn't yielded to him. Every morning, I pray something like this. Lord, I want you to be in control of every aspect of my life, my time, my habits, my money, my relationships. May they be under your authority today. Christians used to call this full surrender. The word surrender isn't currently in vogue, but the spiritual concept has never been more needed. If some area of your life has slipped out of the circle of Yeshua's lordship, confess it as sin and with his help, reign it back in. Two, never miss a day without a personal closed-door appointment with God, allowing him to speak to you through his word and responding to him in prayer. In a marriage, it's hard to keep the r- romance alive if a couple never communicate. If In our relationship with God, it's hard to keep the revival burning if there's no regular communication. I'm not sure why Christians have so much trouble maintaining their habits of personal devotional time, but Yeshua told us to go into a private room, close the door, and meet with the Father. You could find this in Matthew chapter 6 verse 6. Though everyone's schedule is different for the last 48 years, I've been doing this every morning after breakfast. I open my Bible to where I left off the day before, underline and mark verses that speak to me and talk to the Lord as if he were actually in the room, which he is. Number three, ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit, his Ruach HaKodesh. Ephesians 5, verses 18 to 19, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach. As you leave, number four, as you leave the secret room and go into your day, consciously remember the reality of God's presence he goes with you. A great missionary of yesteryear, George Brown of India, was known for his constant awareness of God's nearness. When a friend asked him about it, he said, yes, God is near to me consciously than anyone in this room. Train yourself to remember God is with you, near you, around you, within you, and that you have constant access to him through Yeshua. Number five, let this show up on your face. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 1 says, a person's wisdom brightens their faces, and changes its hard appearance. I realize we can't always smile. Troubles and grief intrude, and we face moments requiring serious thought. But biblical joy isn't an undependable electric circuit in a developing nation. The Bible says in Philippians 4:4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Even when we can't control our emotions, we can choose our attitudes. Trust God with our burdens, turn problems into prayers, and as Charles Wesley said, laugh at life's impossibilities. None of this is easy, perfect, or quick for most of us. It's a series of life patterns. But how vital for times like these? If our world is ever going to experience a series of global revivals, it's going to begin in you and me. We've got to find our way to Fulton Street. And that's kind of why I I thought it was really well timed for what's going on at um, Asbury University. And actually my best friend uh went to the university this past weekend. I'm not sure if she's home or not yet. I know she went with at least one of her daughters who's probably 19 and they really seem to thoroughly enjoy it. And I remember her texting me about it and saying, Hey, Emma really wants to go to this thing, but my husband needs to work and whatnot. And I think my response, which I'm not sure it was really a great response with something along the lines, well, if you can't go, at least you can start praying for revival in your own church. And unlike most people, my best friend, in, uh, not included in this, because she went to the same church I did growing up. We had a very unique church experience growing up. As most of you know, I have not always been messianic. I've been Messianic for probably about 10 to 15 years, so half of my life I was not. I was Pentecostal, non-denominational, it was a church I grew up in, and we had a phenomenal experience, a good portion of my childhood with Adonai, where the Ruach HaKodesh, showed up every single week and every time we had services, which was more than once a week, actually. And I cannot tell you how many times we had revival services, which is so funny to me because I moved down to the South, aka North Carolina, which is South. I don't care what you say. Um, And I'd see these like side of the road tent revivals come. It's this week, you know, I'll be from this date to this date. And I'm, and I always was very confused by that. Because growing up, that's not how we did revival. It was simply, we show up, we're praying, we're repenting, we're coming with expectation that the Ruach would come and fill the place with his anointing and his presence. And almost always he did. And he would move in such mighty ways that there is no way I could even say now there is no God. There is no God because miracles happened lives were changed. People were healed. It was just an amazing time for me growing up. And for me, it was also a really good escape from some of my home life. Most of my home life was really great, but parts of it, as you know, if you've listened to my podcast, were not super awesome. And this was a really, it was always a positive experience. I always knew that my father would meet me there. and. My father is in Adonai. And so when I'd come down to the South, and they're like, oh, we're going to have it from like May 10th to the, I don't know, 15th. And it was like May 1st. And I'm thinking, so you're planning on having a revival. And I guess expectation is that God will show up for that planned revival. But for me, it's like, Lord, like every single time you go to services or you're with like minded believers, that should be the expectation. The expectation should be the spirit moving. But I think we get so caught up, and this is a church universal, messianic congregations, what have you, we get so caught up with the list. This is what we are doing on our day of worship. And we cannot deviate from that plan. And the big problem with that is you're not giving the Ruach any room to move and to be able to move. And so instead of coming to services saying, oh, well, we're going to do this, 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 and this, say, this is our, our guidelines of what we'd like to do today. But if, you know, God has different plans, we're absolutely open to changing it up. And then being open to the Holy Spirit and and open to what he's telling us and saying, hey, I want you to do this now. It's time to pray for the people. It's time to pray for the, the Israel. It's time to pray for, for our country. It's time to pray for whatever it is. And coming to the altar in spirit and in truth and worshiping and glorifying our Father. And setting aside and clearing our mind, setting aside of all of our worldly troubles and focusing on Him. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing when we come together in a synagogue, a congregation, a church. And we miss that because a lot of us are not only biblically illiterate, but we also tend to only talk to God when we want things. That's our prayer life. Our prayer life is simply, Hey, Lord, I really, really could use this promotion. You know, we really need the the money and I really thank you for that. Or bless this food we are about to receive. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. I'm not digging those things. But if that's your only time that you communicate with the creator of heaven and earth, how is he supposed to move in your life? And I'm not just talking to, you know, talking at you. I'm talking to myself too, because so often I don't pray as much as I should. I don't read the word as much as I should. i Instead of doing those things, I will be on my computer playing a game with my son or watching TV or, you know, playing with my dogs. These are all not bad things in moderation. But if God is not our primary source for all things, how can we have an expectation of him moving? If we open up our minds and our hearts and say, Lord, we just thank you for who you are. We want nothing from you, Lord, just to simply be in your presence. That's all we ask of you, Lord, to be in your presence, to glorify you. We love you, Lord. We honor you. And I think that's why this has happened. In fact, that's from what I've heard from the Asbury University. It was, you know, these these people were coming together and they were praying and then they started repenting. And then they just started worshiping, and that's how the revival has kept going. It's literally gone on for well over a week or two now, nonstop. So 24-7, they've had the doors open, and that's what's happening. Now, I have heard that it's it has spread to other areas, which I'm so thankful for. But I also pray that those who do go to this revival don't simply go and simply take what they get from that experience and don't bring anything back with them. You know, it's great to have those times of revival where you are revived you're renewed. You have a better purpose, you know, sense of purpose with your life and your walk with the Lord. And then you come back to your comfortable home and you don't do anything about it. And for me, a long time ago, I learned like, look, I'm really glad that these things are happening. Asbury University is in Kentucky. I live in North Carolina and I was happy my, you know, my best friend or daughter really wanted to go, but I'm thinking I don't want to go. Like if God called me, Hey, I really want you to, to travel to this area where I'm moving. Um, I'm moving in the spirit. I want you to travel there and see what's going on. I would absolutely do it. I have not felt that calling. And I think that it really goes back to Yes, we should be chasing after the Lord, but we shouldn't have to go to a different state to do so. If that makes sense. Hopefully I'm not ruffling too many feathers. My thought process is this. If you go with the correct mindset, no matter where you're at, where you're praising the Lord, you're praying the power of praying people and repenting for our sins and coming to the Lord clean with no spot or blemish because Yeshua has washed us clean. Expecting the Lord to work and move in your life. How can he not? Now I'm not talking about material things. Not praying for a new Mercedes Benz. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Lord simply being with you, feeling his Ruach HaKodesh throughout the day, just walking with him, just feeling his presence as you move throughout your day while you're cleaning or taking a shower or doing the dishes or driving your car, going to your work, playing with your children, playing with your dogs, whatever it is that you're doing, feeling his presence. And just basking in his presence. And understanding that that is the power of prayer. Because you're you're communicating with your creator. That's what prayer is. It's communication. And, you know, the Mr. Morgan that I just read, you know, his little excerpt from is absolutely right. How can you have a good relationship with anyone if you don't communicate? You can't have a good relationship with your spouse if you don't communicate. That is for sure. You know, Ben and I, we've been going, you know, we kind of go for a long weekend or for a weekend, uh, probably like three days out of town and uh, for our anniversary every year. And usually it's pretty good. I really enjoy it. And this time was really good too, but in a very different way. It was not, oh, lovey-dovey, we get to have alone time without our children to tell us how disgusting and gross we are for kissing in front of them. It was more of, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about some things that we haven't really had an opportunity to talk about. And there were a lot of really uncomfortable conversations, conversations where we uh, did not agree on. But you know what? It was good. But how would we have known that there was something going on that we need to communicate it if we didn't bother to communicate, right? And I think that sometimes we just forget that that is the purpose of prayer and the power of prayer. I have seen it change lives. I can tell you right now, I would not be sitting here talking to you today without the prayer of at least, I know, my mother and my grandmother praying for me, especially as a teenager when I decided to go off and do my own thing and that I wanted nothing to do with God. I was mad at him. And I really was almost, had a death wish, quite frankly. But because of the power of the prayer of the people that loved me, saved me from going into even deeper sin that I already was in at the time. And I knew that. I knew it. It is so important for us to remember how important prayer is. Not to take it for granted. Not to just do it by rote. That's very easy easy to do, especially even in the Messianic movement, because there are a lot of different blessings and prayers for things. It's kind of like when my husband and I, we say the Shema as soon as we wake up and we say the Shema when we go to sleep. It's very easy to just do it because it's a pattern and say it just because instead of meaning every word that comes out of our mouths. So with that, I just want to encourage you this week to really just dive deep Dive deep and spend more time without an eye than you normally would. Ask him to reveal to you anything in your life that you need to bring before him and ask for forgiveness or any sins that you're holding on to. Or maybe there's some unforgiveness that you need to go and ask for forgiveness for somebody, from somebody. I hope this really spoke to you. I know it's something that I myself needed to hear. And as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. <laughs> Shalom. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and give you his peace. B'ashem Yeshua Sashalom Shalom in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you all have a fantastic week. And hopefully you'll turn in next week. Shavua Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com Or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica LaCasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much, and remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point, and I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.